We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The score is Chicago's number one sports station. An exclusive radio home for Super Bowl 57. Chiefs versus Eagles. Listen live. Super Bowl Sunday. Our coverage starts at 1 p.m. Kickoff at 5.30 on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score! Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, and always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome back inside the clubhouse right here on 670 The Score and your free Odyssey app, broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I am David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, talking baseball until 11 o'clock like we do every Saturday morning, 52 weeks of the year, celebrating our second year together on this show. And wondering how many times Bruce had tried to trade me for prospects. <laughs> we will connect with Bruce as soon as we get through some technical difficulties. And that will be something we look forward to hearing from him, obviously, this morning. We got a big show planned for you, though. We have Yankees general manager Brian Cashman coming up at the bottom of the hour at 9.30. Chip Carey at 10 o'clock, the new voice of the St. Louis Cardinals the former Braves broadcaster and Cubs broadcaster. He will join us to reminisce about his days with the Cubs and also look ahead at the Cardinal-Cub rivalry. And, of course, your input along the way, 312-644-6767. You can call us, you can text us, you can tweet at us, and you can interact with us on this baseball show this morning in the uh, two weeks until spring training Counting down, White Sox and Cubs reporting to Arizona. I think the Cubs might have left already this week, and I think the White Sox might be on the way. So we have a big baseball show ahead, and uh, we are trying to connect with Bruce shortly. Uh, Sean Sears, right? That is what uh, we're trying to do. Bring me up to date. Yep, we are working on just getting uh, Bruce connected here. He just had an issue. He was connected before, so. But we'll get him back. We'll get you guys get together. I know you miss him. <laughs> I. I do miss Bruce. Uh, the, the news of the day 
there isn't a lot of stuff that has obviously in the first week in February, baseball isn't on the front burner, but the White Sox did make a minor move. And as they maybe scramble for ways to can to replace or address the Mike Clevenger situation, they made a move for a right-handed pitcher. The Sox acquired right-hander Franklin German from the Red Sox in exchange for Theo Denlinger. Uh, I think that German is somebody that they believe has some potential. He was the Red Sox organizational minor league pitcher of the year last season, designated for assignment. He had a 2.72 ERA, uh, 33% strikeout rate. He bounced between AA and AAA. So this is somebody that if you're looking to have depth in a bullpen, maybe he makes the team, maybe he doesn't, but it's one of those things that, is a minor move and you're going to still wait for more of a major move because the White Sox have uh, some needs to fill and that is the, the reality as we sit here this morning it was the reality when the season ended the big move they made Andrew Benintendi yes that's good left field five years 75 million dollars the richest contract in White Sox history for a free agent but it's not enough I don't think anybody out there believes that it is enough which was one of the reasons this week when we saw the Athletic release their offseason grades, the White Sox got a big fat F. The White Sox got an F. You can't do much worse than that. I don't know if uh, that is entirely deserving, but I agree with it. They got an F because Mike Clevenger was a $12 million investment in a distraction. They still have yet to address it. I know they're waiting the ambiguity surrounding the investigation is understood, but we will wait to see, for, have uh, some clarity as soon as they are able to address it. We will wait with bated breath to see how they do that. But they got an F, the Cubs got a B. What do you think the off seasons uh, were worthy of uh, a grade from, from you? 312-644-6767. And now we can welcome in Bruce Levine, our trusty right-hander from the bullpen, Bruce, good morning. How are you? Did, did you say trusty or rusty? Both. Okay. <laughs> good morning, David. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into Inside the Clubhouse. David, sorry for the rough start here, but we're ready to go. And as you said, giving uh, <clears throat> the White Sox and Cubs uh, grades uh, this time of the year. First of all, it is February the 4th. Is that correct? We that are is correct. We are assuming the offseason is over for the Cubs and White Sox at this point? Well, it's two weeks to spring training, Bruce. If you're going to make a move, you're running out of time. And now anything is, is – I mentioned the uh, minor deal on Friday for the Red Sox minor league pitcher of the year, German. But I don't know that that's going to make you feel much better about anything except for maybe uh, – you, you have depth in the bullpen, but yeah, the, the off season is over until, until they make a move that, that proves otherwise. It's always an interesting premise when you give grades because uh, last year at this time we were sitting here assuming the Cubs were going to have the clunky start that they did have to the season, not knowing that they would finish up with a uh, winning record the last 70 games and no idea after the offseason the White Sox had, although it wasn't uh, what everybody wanted, coming off of 93 wins, that it was going to be a 500 team. So 
when you look at grading them right now, it's always interesting, David. But um, you know, I, I'm I'm still going to take Rick Hahn as at his word. I remember about three weeks ago, maybe four now, where he said our off season is still incomplete, and that gives me hope that there is more to come before opening day. Well, he, there better be. Because the White Sox have an opportunity here. They have talent. They've got a new manager. They've got a lot of reasons to look at from a baseball perspective why they can look at 2023 as a bounce-back chance to, to win a division, to compete for a title. But they've been a lot more idle than I expected them to be. And certainly there's been a lot less activity than was promised when Rick Hahn talked on the day they introduced Pedro Grafal. So – we're only reacting and holding him to the standard he set for himself when he said that there would be you know, trades to be made and he wouldn't throw money at the problem. Well, they've done the opposite of that, Bruce. They have thrown money at the problem, and there have been no trades that have been made. So I am with the athletic, even though it seems a little harsh. The F seems appropriate to me because your biggest move was at Benintendi, but then you, comp- you, you complimented that with a $12 million distraction that has no clarity yet. So I, I understand the cynicism surrounding the White Sox offseason right now. Is there more wood piled on the fire because of the unknown status of uh, Hendricks at this point in time? Does that make, I think uh, make it shakier? part of it? Yeah, I think yeah. that's part of it. Certainly that's a different category, but that's one of the things that you would have more uh, – it put them in a difficult spot from a baseball perspective. There's empathy that's natural for the, for Liam Hendricks and for the organization. You, these are things that are would qualify as unforeseen events. You, you can't anticipate that. The things that you can protect yourself from are, you know, the the the, the issues that you finished the season at vowing to address have, have remain unaddressed. That's where I think oh, you want to keep this argument because that is strictly a baseball discussion, and I think that is why you feel very disappointed in what the White Sox haven't done. You know, I remember back uh, when I was in college, there were riots uh, at uh, Southern Illinois University and everywhere else uh, uh, back in 1970, and everybody, uh, school was closed down with a month to go. Everybody got an incomplete grade. In other words, they got passed or fail. You didn't get a, a letter grade. I wonder if the White Sox fall into the incomplete right now rather than fail um, with opening days still coming. Not apologizing for what they have or haven't done. I thought the Benintendi deal, deal was a, a really good one. <clears throat> Knowing now what you know about Clevenger, um, that's certainly something that they have to deal with. Um, how much of Clevenger do you lay on their uh, doorstep? Well, I I think that's a good question. I, I'm I'm frustrated. So you can find uh, examples and you can find people around the league. We've talked to some on the Mullen Hot Show that would think that you could have done a better job of the so-called due diligence and or you could have reacted uh, in a swifter way, as we t- said. Uh, last week, you just would like to see them try to thread the needle in terms of addressing this. It's difficult, but that's what you get paid well to do. So, I, I, yeah, that's the big, that's the big problem, Bruce, in this off season because you you brought that into your organization. Maybe you mm-hmm. you want to find excuses to say they should have known, or they, there's no way they could have known. But 
until we know more, I, I'm not so sure that they've earned the benefit of the doubt, at least not from me. Yeah, I, I, you know, I understand what you're saying. But if it's a baseball card you're looking at and you see Benintendi, White Sox left fielder, you see Clevenger, fifth White Sox uh, starter, you have to feel good about the move they made. You, you, you just, you know, on paper, you have to look at it and go, you know, they didn't sit on their hands. They spent some money. Uh, you know, certainly the Benintendi is the biggest contract in White Sox history at this point. It might not be the, you know, the $350 million deal that uh, some of these other guys signed. But with, with respect to <clears throat> addressing it, I think they did. Now, were they the right moves? We're going we're gonna to have, have to find out on how it shakes out with um, Clevenger and, and whether Benintendi is the top of the order and left field answer for them. I want you grading my essay as I graduate from Harvard, Bruce. That's what uh, I wish that, that that were the case. Um, we can debate that. We'll get some, to some phone calls in a moment. 312-644-6767. A couple other little news nuggets throughout the week, Bruce. want to get your impressions of, not necessarily on the field, but, but related to guys that we're familiar with off the field. Dexter Fowler now is your colleague at the Marquee Sports Network. He was added to the stable of – analysts and experts this week he made his debut he was very smooth mr you go we go he's gone from major league baseball officially announcing his retirement but seamlessly moves into the booth in a studio bruce he was very good and i think that's a nice addition you talk about a good offseason marquee has had one well dexter was always articulate and he was always uh glib he he didn't uh i remember and talking to him about it, he didn't always enjoy the up and back between media and players. But when he did it, he was very good at it. And he was always a gentleman when he talked to people. So I was a little surprised he wanted to go into this field. I am not surprised that he does, that he is at Marquee, because uh, I think he's going to bring not only uh, a, um, a different look uh, there, but I think he's going to bring an edge, okay? I don't think he's going to pull any punches. I don't think that's Dexter Fowler. I think if a, a player's not hustling or a player's not getting it done, I think that Dexter Fowler will be the uh, first one to, uh, you know, look at it and go, well, here's what this player really needs to do, or here is what this player is not doing. I, I think that that is going to be the essence of Dexter Fowler on marquee, and uh, I think it's it's going to be great. I, I see... Him and Cliff Floyd are going to be doing, you know, the uh, the lion's share of um, most of those pre and post games, and I, I think it's a great combination. There aren't any uh, ex teammates necessarily that he has to worry about criticizing or alienating. It's not a, a a group of people that he has played with necessarily. He may be very friendly. Everybody knows Dexter Fowler, but I think that your point's well taken. This is somebody that I I got the sense at there's, least there's in a his manager, first... David. There's a manager he knows. The, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, but it, isn't it a little bit different criticizing players? You can almost insulate yourself from from criticizing the manager if you if you are, and you're almost forgiven for not being that critical of the manager if you're able to be objective about the players and not be afraid to say when they're not hustling or when they strike out with the bases loaded, whatever the case may be, I think it's a little bit easier. And I hope that is the candor that Dexter Fowler brings to the booth because I think that that would make him even more watchable. 
Well, I think that uh, bringing more of an edge, you know, and hiring Dexter and bringing the 2016 uh, champion, and he'll always be celebrated here, it, it, it has a lot of cachet. And like I said, I know Dexter pretty well, and, and, and I think he's not going to pull punches. I don't think he's ever going to go out of his way to talk uh, poorly about somebody. But if he sees something that's not right, I think he's going to identify it and, and make it uh, part of his broadcast. So... I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing him uh, do these shows and working with him. Uh, you know, at times when I am uh, doing pregames. The other big news off the field this week in Chicago is significant because I think it represents a professional athlete that followed through with his promise and somebody who deserves our respect for doing so. Jason Hayward opened the Jason Hayward Baseball Academy in Chicago, a hundred fifty thousand square foot complex uh, on the west side it's it's terrific in terms of what it means to chicago and the community what it does in terms of jason hayward fulfilling a commitment to do so and and bruce it's it's probably the chicago's largest indoor turf field and what it says about the investment level of uh, of jason hayward in chicago a place that he now calls home is is just tremendous and what it means to for you know, future young, you know, aspiring professional athletes in the city, or just people who need a place to go, this says a lot about the about uh, Jason Hayward, the the person, more than the player. Yeah, we're not surprised by that. Though, the way that he uh, you know started his foundation and the way that he has taken to the city and become a proud Chicagoan, it, it's it's rare that you get a young man like he was when he came to uh, Chicago at 26. Uh, you know, born and raised in Atlanta, you know, been in the Atlanta organization before getting moved to St. Louis, uh, just not only move to a, another team, have an impact, but live in that city and be, immerse himself and his uh, resources in that city, which is just, you know, it, it's still mind-boggling to me because you, you rarely see it. I mean, you see other sports athletes and baseball players uh, get involved in charitable things with the cities they play in but not to the point where <clears throat> like uh hayward where he became a chicagoan david a, re a real chicagoan and as uh and as mayor lightfoot said yesterday or two days ago at the uh uh the ribbon uh you know event you know starting this this wonderful new facility she said, we wrap our arms around you in red, white, and blue of the Chicago flag, uh, being a uh, great Chicagoan. And he is, he is that. And I, I expect uh, him to stay in Chicago and continue to make it his home. It was a cool moment the other day. It absolutely was. And Jason Hayward, you wish him well as he gets ready to report to Dodgers spring training in Glendale, Arizona. He is on a minor league contract to see where that goes. Good luck to Jason Hayward. Let's get out to the score listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. 312-644-6767. What grade would you give the White Sox offseason? What grade would you give the Cubs offseason? Let us know or whatever else you want to address. We'll start the conversation with Mike in Glencoe. Good morning, Mike. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning, fellas, and uh, I would absolutely give the Sox an F, and I think this past week is an example of that, uh, signing two pitchers. Uh, I think one has been DFA twice, the 
German DFA'd once, and uh, letting Cole Irvin go to the <laughs> Orioles and not being able to pick him up. Bruce, what I, I see happening is, and I'd like your thoughts, that Mr. Reinsdorf is holding Rick Hahn accountable, but in a way that punishes the fans. It seems to me the only logical answer here is he has told Hahn and Williams, you you made this, you it, you sign these guys to exorbitant contracts they haven't performed we had last year you fix it you made it you fix it and i'm not giving you any more money you've got plenty of money and as a result we're, we're not even dumpster diving we're, we're going after scraps and i think that's the frustration of Sox fans not just all the uh, positions on the right side of the field that haven't been done it's as if they don't care what do you think thanks mike well i, I know they care and i know they want to win um you know, you did have uh, the commitment of $15 million per year for the next five years to Benintendi. Uh, you have the commitment to Clevenger for $12 million this year. Uh, other people would say, well, that, that just makes them even from last year, payroll-wise. But last year, David, as I pointed out to you last week before we started this show, uh, the White Sox were seventh highest uh, payroll in Major League Baseball, uh, higher than the Cubs. So from that perspective, uh, you know, uh, they were right there on the cusp of uh, having to pay penalties for going over uh, the luxury tax. So, from from all of that, I I don't I don't look at them as non-spenders. I don't look at them as people that don't want to win. I I just look at it as the practicality of their market and how high do you want to go? You know, where would you have spent the money? in a different place at this time. And, uh, you know, David, where where did they not spend the money that you have spent well, the money, you would have spent the pr- money this offseason? Practically speaking, I, I don't necessarily agree with Mike. I appreciate his input, but they went into this offseason saying they weren't going to throw money at the problem. And I think that all we can do in our roles is hold people accountable for what they do say and evaluate what they do. So words and actions, they're tied together. And – I was surprised then in that context they went after Andrew Benintendi. I was hopeful that they would follow through with Rick Hahn's vow to be creative in the trade market. Some things might have gotten in the way. You don't know how the Liam Hendricks situation affected their aggressiveness in the trade market. That said, there remain holes at second base, at backup catcher, and we don't know a lot about right field. We're assuming Oscar Colas is going to be just fine, but that's an assumption that you can't always make with rookies. So I do feel like that is fair criticism of an offseason that has been disappointing because the biggest news yeah great contract signing of Andrew Benintendi that was a surprise but then it's almost like it was countered with the bad news of the Mike Clevenger signing that you couldn't see coming either so I I do feel like the cynicism is understood and I I probably share that in uh in with Sox fans at least I can't go F David I can go C I I can't go F at this point you know and I think that the grade, the grade. I, I would, uh, I would let there be a, a few makeup tests before opening day, you know, to see if that grade can go further up in the eyes of the public. But for me, you know, I, signing Benintendi and Clevenger, even though Clevenger is blowing up on him right now, that, that to me, that's no, that's never going to be enough. You know who did have a good offseason? Brian Cashman and the New York Yankees. And there were some Chicago connections to those reasons why. We will talk to the Yankees general manager right here and inside the clubhouse when we get back. It's Bruce. It's David. It's Chicago Sports Radio 6. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. There was one uh, teammate in particular that helped you with your decision. Yeah, it was Anthony Rizzo. He played a big part. He was, he was calling me every day, he was sending me texts every day. Every day? Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> He, worked, he was working hard. Uh, <laughs> he really did a good job working. Yeah, he, he went for the he went for my heart. So he went for uh, you know my little Penny and his dog Kevin are the best of friends. I want to thank uh, Anthony Rizzo and I want to thank Kevin for getting Aaron Judge. Great job, Kevin. Good boy. Good boy. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score: David Hall, Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock. Of course, that was Aaron Judge. On the Tonight Show, talking about returning to the Yankees and Anthony Rizzo's role in that uh, courtship, and that was a funny moment. And it has great offseason in New York for the Yankees. And that brings us to our guest hotline, sponsored by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, where we find the fine general manager of the New York Yankees, Brian Cashman. Brian, thank you for joining us here on Inside the Clubhouse. Uh, glad to be here. So. The offseason, I would imagine, in, in, here in Chicago, we're evaluating you know, what grade to give the Cubs and the White Sox. I would think that in New York it's a pretty resounding uh, A because of your ability to retain Aaron Judge. You get Anthony Rizzo. You sign Carlos Rodon. Some of those names are very familiar to people in Chicago. How would you evaluate your offseason and your excitement level heading into spring training? Well, New York's a tough grading system, so the only A you get is if you finish – finish with that trophy in hand otherwise you get an F there's nothing in between <laughs> so so it remains it remains to be seen um it was funny I was just talking to Omar Minaya who's you know one of my special assistants and so last last night we we're having a little dinner and I was talking with him and my son Teddy and I'll just tell you this real, real quick but he said uh I, I you know we we're talking about how the season ended and I was like where did how far did we get you know and you know it was like we got we got 
knocked out, was it in the first round, the second round? And, and Omar was talking to me about it today. He goes, man, he's like, you guys are in it so much, you can't even remember what happened. I'm like, well, I was like, you know, to be quite honest, Omar, we, we, the truth was in the end we had four games short of a World Series appearance, but it felt like the way our fan base reacted in the press that we got, you know, we got knocked out in the first round. But, you know, so you can't re- really remember sometimes reality versus the perception. And the perception was we – we, we didn't do well, and, and the reality was we had a hell of a, another run at it, but but fell short. So that's just the New York market. Thanks for joining us in Inside the Clubhouse. A friend of mine for, gosh, Brian, going back to 30, over 30 years now when you uh, were first named uh, Assistant General Manager to Stick, And, uh, you know, it's just been a, a, a long ride. Uh, do, you, do you look back and realize, you know, 25 years as a general manager of the Yankees that uh, it's it's historic in more than just a few ways. Do you wake up some days and go, have I really done this for this long and been this successful? No, to be quite honest, like, uh, yeah. And then what I really do, I really love being a part of a, a group of people because it's obviously it's not anybody singular involved with your successes or your failures. But I love being a part of a group that, that has to game plan and try to figure out a way to, to get back at it, to find a way to post, post into the postseason and, and, and take a shot at another run of the title. So I've never, it's, and it happens so fast. Every year flies. So, you know, the reflections don't come, you know, too easily because it's just the next opportunity or necessity uh, of trying to fix your roster or improve your roster. So, um, I never had a chance really so far to to reflect or look back too easily other than the fact that, you know, we just got a mission and we just got to continue to stay laser focused at it. Brian, you talk about the difference in markets and difference in, in approaches from, you know, the, the media and maybe even fan bases and teams. The World Baseball Classic is coming up in the spring training and obviously uh, every – team may have a different approach depending on the player. There are reports out of New York that Luis Severino is not going to be somebody that you welcome playing in, in the World Baseball Classic. Some guys like Lance Lynn in Chicago, they want to be part of that. Dylan Cease doesn't want it. How delicate is that balance to strike from your perspective, generally speaking, and then maybe specifically in the case of Severino? Well, from a you know, vague or general perspective, we – you know, this is a you know commissioner's office partnership with the players' association to, uh, and and ownership. You know, throughout the game to to help promote and grow the game. It's an it's an incredible tournament. You know, it certainly captivates everybody while it's going on, and and it always seems to surpass expectations. Uh, and then on a when you start to get into more specific categories where certain players, you know, we support our players going. But then when certain players, you know, uh, like a Luis Severino who's had an injury history, you know, the last few years, um, you know, of course he wanted to play and represent his country, but that's, you know, not in our best interest given, you know, losing him so far the last few years and we're keeping him on the field. So, so, you know, having him pitch competitive championship contending, you know, World Baseball Classic innings in March versus – preparation innings in March for your long haul season, you know, uh, that was a decision I had to make and I'm very comfortable making it. I respect he wanted to play, um, but I got to protect the Yankees first and foremost. He's too important to us and his injury history the last few years. It's better to, to, to get him out of the gate nice and slow. 
Brian, in uh, July of 2021, uh, my good friend and your special assistant, Jim Hendry, called me and asked for uh, some intel as far as uh, what Anthony Rizzo was like. Obviously, everybody knew who Anthony was and what his success had been, uh, you know, on the field, off the field. There were, you know, thoughts about him as being a leader as well. And Jim was doing his due diligence to add on to all the other things that he was checking on uh, Rizzo before you traded for him. But uh, from what you got uh, out of Rizzo and what he is to you now, what surprises uh, were in there for you along the way with Anthony Rizzo that you did not know you were getting in that trade? Uh, he came as advertised, to be quite honest. I'm not sure if I got any surprises. I mean, we knew he was beloved by not only the, the Cubs fan base, but his teammates. We knew, obviously, he was a tremendous defensive th- uh, first baseman. We knew he was, you know, obviously a uh, a great contact hitter from the left side with power. And so he's actually checked all those boxes. We knew he had leadership capabilities and qualities. So he's been everything and then some. And, yeah, I heard the commercial coming into the lead-in for me joining and about, you know, I think the Jimmy Fallon interview with Judge and, and how uh, Anthony was, you know, obviously, you know, full court pressing Judge to stay. And, you know, we know from, you know, three floors up in the front office area how, you know, Judgey and, and Anthony had become best of friends. And, and so we, we certainly were encouraged when, you know, we wanted to resign Rizzo, you know, regardless. But when he signed early with us back as a free agent, well before Judge, we took that as a pretty strong indicator that, hey, I, this should mean good things with Aaron Judge coming back because I know, you know, uh, that was going to be important to Judge too. But uh, so getting them both, obviously, to retain and then add to it with Rodon, you know, was really important. But, man, you know, Rizzo has been, been great for us. He really has. Brian, I have to ask you while we have you, going back to last May when you were in town with the Yankees for a Sox series, uh, you met with Ryan Poles reportedly, the general manager of the Chicago Bears, who at that point in time had just taken the job. This is a huge offseason for the Bears. A lot of people still wondering what to make of Ryan Poles. Just wondered, how did that meeting come about, and what were your lasting impressions on Ryan Poles, the Bears GM? Yeah, the uh, you know, I flew into Chicago. We had a four-game set. Um you know, with the White Sox, it was a beautiful weekend. And, uh, you know, part of my growth and, and on behalf of our organization, our growth is we try to collaborate with other teams. You know, uh, you certainly have friends with our baseball industry, but none of us are smart enough to, to think. Great was No, I, you got me? Yeah, I think we got so, you. Yeah. You, yeah. So where'd you lose me? I'm sorry. Just when you're talking about the the origin of the meeting, yeah. So essentially, you know, it's really vitally important for us to, you know, we recognize we don't have everything everything figured out, and, and we love to collaborate uh, with people within our industry, but outside our industry, whether it's colleges or pro sports. So, had the opportunity. Um, one of our staff members had a relationship with Ryan from from his previous position, uh, and so. I was asked early on would I like to meet with him and, and with a few of my staff members. So, yeah, we, we went out and spent the entire day before a night game with the White Sox up there at their facility. And I was blown away by the person, by the intellect. Um, and, you know, I, 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 you know, we shared a lot of conversations about experiences uh, and a lot of different things they use in training and, 
and what we do and data and how you incorporate it and how you go hiring people and kind of tour their facility. And, and I would say if you're a Bears fan, you should believe that the future is extremely bright. Uh, they, uh, you know, they got a, a great one in the general manager that they currently have with Ryan. And I know they've met the Big Ten. Former Big Ten commissioner is now their president. And, uh, I, you know, I certainly like what the Bears are doing. And, and I think there's, you know, Again, there's nothing but a positive in their future. But it was a great experience for us with the Yankees um, to get to know them better and see the direction they're going. And and the one thing I would say is he's not afraid. He's not afraid to make very difficult decisions. And and that's you know that's a true sign of great leadership there. Yankees top uh, executive Brian Cashman joining us in inside the clubhouse for a few more minutes. And there's so many Chicago connections between the Yankees yourself. And, uh, and the Cubs and the White Sox. You could field, actually can field a former Cub infield of Donaldson, Torres, uh, LeMayu, and Rizzo anytime you want uh, during the season. Uh, I'd like to center in more on uh, something current for both the White Sox and the Cubs. Uh, your experience having had uh, Andrew Benatendi uh, in your outfield and also uh, your, uh, your experience with Jamison Tyone now uh, going to pitch for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, you give us a, a little thumbnail sketch of how they fit into your teams and what type of makeup these guys bring to the ballpark every day. Yeah, I, that's very easy. Both of those players, you know, we had certainly a bit longer experience with Jamison Tyon. He's a gamer. He gives you innings. He's he's a tremendous teammate. So uh, uh, I think he's going to be really a valuable, solid piece for the Cubs. Um, as they move forward, uh, so he's going to be someone we will miss. Uh, and then, yeah, and, you know, he's a winner too. So, uh, so at the end of the day, I think the Cubs got a good one there. And then Andrew Benatendi, I traded for him from the Royals last year. Certainly needed that left-handed bat, contact hitter. He fit all the categories. He wasn't obviously afraid to be in a big market because he had already been there and done that with the Boston Red Sox. You know, uh, prior to his Royal days. And uh, you know, we just got victimized by. Um, by a handmade, you know, bone injury that had previously occurred and been taken out. But I guess whoever did the surgery years gone by didn't get the whole bone and it grew back on our watch. So we, we lost access to him. White Sox got a quality, really good guy. He's quiet, um, but more like a quiet assassin. He, he was, uh, in the very short time he was here, he was really loved by our teammates. One of the reasons, one of the many reasons, you know, I thought we were flying high and then, you know, the last two months our season got a little bit wrecked with a lot of injuries and to keep people and then attendee was certainly one of them you know losing that balance in our lineup losing that contact oriented hitter in that lineup um and you know obviously the solid uh individual that's got no fear you know he's got a, a slow heartbeat so he, nothing's gonna be too big for him you know he's gonna fit really well with the white Sox, and you know they went after him in the free agent market and aggressively uh pulled him down and pulled him away from us and uh you know, so, you know, we'll miss them. We'll miss both of those guys. But Chicago's going to have good players there to, to follow on both sides of the uh, uh, fan bases. Brian, you've been doing this for such a long time. In 1998, you were the second youngest major league uh, general manager ever. And so you've had to evolve with the times, balancing analytics, balancing that with institutional knowledge. I find it fascinating what you've done this offseason and, and think it's a terrific move. You, you've added – Brian Sabian, you added Omar Manaya to your front office. The institutional knowledge that you now have at your disposal to balance with the analytics and, and those kind of innovations and developments and the way the game has changed, how would you describe 
what you were looking for and adding those two guys specifically and just overall how you have to change with the times without forgetting what got you there? Well, you know, one of the, you know, one of the reasons I've got staying power is I hire well. I've hired a lot. Most of the people around me are smarter than I am, you know, and, and uh, you know, I think, you know, my staying power, my superpower is that, again, you know, I surround myself with people smarter than me that can guide and advise me. And uh, I've been trying to get, you know, I think collectively with Omar and and, uh, and Saves being hired simultaneously along with Jim Hendry already being here and stuff. These are former general managers with a lot of experience. They've been through the wars. Um, and uh, having them both come on at the same time kind of looks like uh, some sort of, you know, attempt to offset analytics. It's not the case. I mean, I do believe the Yankees, you know, I've, I remember years gone by talking to George Steinberger saying, you know, hey, we're the New York Yankees and we should be using every tool in the toolbox. There's not anything that we should not be having access to to help guide us um, to having consistent success. And, and um, I tried to hire Omar, you know, several times over the last decade. And uh, whether it was loyalty to the Mets or he had just loyalty to a job he just took with the Players Association or loyalty to a job he just took recently last year with the with Major League Baseball. Um, there were those were the things running interference. This winter he became available and, and finally got got onboarded for us. And then Sabes, he was under contract with the Giants up until recently and his contract expired and, and he made a phone call to a to an old friend. He was one of my original mentors. Uh, when I started as an intern and growing up in the Yankee uh, organization back in 86, 87, 88, 89, through the early 90s, Sabes was our scouting director. And so, you know, I worked down here eventually as the assistant farm director. He was our scouting director still over the course of those years before he left us for the Giants GM job. And um, and he taught me so much, him and Gene Michael and ultimately Bob Watson were, were probably the most influential people in my career. And... Um, and so when he called and said, if we were interested, they had a great opportunity to bring a true Yankee home and someone that uh, probably was deprived of his uh, true involvement in our championship run because he was he and Bill Livesey were heavily involved with the, you know, or the reasons for drafting Derek Jeter and signing and, and drafting Andy Pettit and George Posada and signing Bernie Williams and Mariana Rivera out of Latin America and all and be all. I mean, arguably putting together one of the greatest farm systems probably ever assembled. And, um, but they never got a chance to ride that parade with us because, you know, it was a tough environment to work. And, and uh, George sent them packing before, before all those champagne bottles were ready to cross. So it was a great opportunity to bring Saves home. He went on to win three championships with the Giants with Bruce Bochy. And, and so uh, this is a champion many times over, and, and he'll be in the Hall of Fame. So it was great to onboard him, too. Brian, uh, David and I, uh, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, in, just briefly in closing, uh, you have a special relationship with a lot of general managers and presidents of baseball operations, but I know your relationship with uh, White Sox Senior Vice President of Baseball, Kenny Williams, is really close. How did that come about, and, uh, and where, did, where, does that, where does that come from with you and Kenny? Kenny and I are, you know, my kids call him Uncle Kenny. Um, you know, he is you know, just an amazing individual. Um, I don't even know. I mean, I'm, people in Chicago know his story about, you know, how a, amazing gifted athlete he was. I, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about, you know, I think I got up, up, uplifted with the Yankee organization, Sid Thrift at the time. I think it was like 89. Sid Thrift and Jim Bowden was our general manager and assistant general manager at the time. And I was this low-level kid, and, and the boss was holding a, a meeting. We were probably taking a beating from some organization at some point. He was – 
he was fuming mad and i think we had you know an area of weakness uh on the infield and uh and uh and he and the boss was pounding the table about acquiring maybe we should go after that kid from the white Sox, and uh, and everybody was stumped at the table and and the more the boss was pounding the table mentioning this name but he didn't know the name the person the player and describing him nobody at the table was able to come up with who he was talking about and then finally i was uncomfortable because i was this young kid in this organization sitting at this table in the back and but I felt like I needed to throw a life preserver. So I said, are you talking about Kenny Williams, sir? And then he went nuts on our organizational heads. He said, the kid knows it. You don't know anything. The kid knows what what I'm talking about. And it was Kenny Williams. So it was weird how, you know, Kenny and I somehow gravitated to each other at these GM meetings and then winter meetings and had a lot of, you know, a chance to break bread and, 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 uh, uh, and develop a relationship. And I tell you what, uh, not surprised he delivered a championship there with his crew in Chicago and and he's he and his crew have done an amazing job of rebuilding that franchise to put him in a position to compete again there's no guarantees obviously when you you know the best you can do is put together a team that's capable and then and then let it fly and, and take your chances and I think Kenny's done that several times over and but yes you have nailed it uh, he is one of my dear friends who uh who I love and and think uh the world of so and uh, I think Jerry Reinsdorf's been very smart not to not to let him go anywhere because he's been, he's been a gem for that White Sox organization for quite some time. Brian, thanks so much Brian, for your thank time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, Take care. Appreciate it very much. Brian Cashman, general manager for the New York Yankees, lot to react to there. We will get to all of it here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, six seven to the score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 the score. Brian Cashman was just our guest. Had a lot to say. Everything from the Yankees and Anthony Rizzo and Carlos Rodon this offseason to Kenny Williams to his day with Ryan Poles. Bruce, that is a Hall of Fame executive whose time is valuable, so we appreciate what he had to say. The one thing I wanted to ask you about, though, in follow-up, all the Chicago connections were interesting. The Yankees are telling Luis Severino no for the World Baseball Classic. I am surprised more teams don't do that with their right. players, given the stakes. You know, David, it's a really tough one because I agree with you. Uh, you're paying somebody millions and millions of dollars. He's an essential piece of you trying to win a world championship. And to, to risk him going there for a few weeks and injuring himself on somebody else's watch with somebody else's coaches – uh, that is just a hard one for me to swallow these days. I think the tournament has to be rethought. To, to have this tournament uh, before spring training and taking people away before the season starts is just absolutely the wrong time for this to happen. It, it cannot happen. It puts too much pressure on people like, like uh, Cashman, as you said. Uh, you know, and, and again, you can't have uh, these, these people going away. On the other hand... You can't tell a, a young man who dreams about playing for his country in a big tournament that he can't play there. I mean, it's it's just like you're the bad guy either way. You're either going to impact your team's chances of winning or you're going to hurt yourself with a relationship with this player and with other players from that country that are on your team. How difficult is it for the White Sox to allow Lance Lynn 
whose durability is a big deal, who's at the stage of his career where you can't assume anything in late August or early September, Bruce. How difficult was it for them to give him permission and allow him to pitch? I, I don't, you know, I don't get it, honestly. I mean, he's from Indiana, so, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he represents his country every day. He pitches for the Chicago White Sox. Um, look, uh, I, I think it's great that he wants to and that uh, he wants to represent his country. Who wouldn't? But, again, you're in a no-win situation with a guy coming off of a, a injuries two years in a row, coming back as strong as he had been last year. He's one of the top pitchers in the league when he came back in the second half of the season last year. And, uh, you know, at his age and as a, uh, a pending free agent, who knows, might be his last year as a major league player, you want him to be an impactful pitcher for you all year. It, it's, it's a really difficult situation to deal with. Brian Cashman did a terrific job of not leaving any doubt where he stood. Appreciated that and everything else he had to say. Our next guest will be just as candid and equally entertaining, I'm sure. Chip Carey, the new voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, the St. Louis Cardinals. He will join us next on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.